So um, this is our uh, podcast here for Northern Voices with Johnny Messam, and I'm introducing and welcoming Sally Barker to join us here today. Uh, Sally, good afternoon to you and hello. Hello, hi, hi. Um, thank you so much for being part of our, our program. It's really great to have opportunities to, to meet and to chat. And one of the fantastic things has been um, just the insights that have been brought into people's uh, works by just thinking about it in the context of your location and your practice. And um, yeah. I wondered if uh, I could track you back uh, a few moments just to give us a sense of where you started, how you yeah. have got to where you are today. Yeah, because that is actually quite relevant to my work, um, really where I came from and the little journey. So I grew up on a farm in Halifax. Um, it was like a beef cattle farm. So quite small and just with cows. So I grew up with cows and, uh, and the land. And um, that did shape me quite a lot, really. Um, yeah. So my dad was a wholesale butcher and farmer. And then I did the art thing and went to art school. And um, after doing an MA in Manchester, I went straight down to London. And so I lived 22 years in London, which is kind of also really important because I kind of, it, it sort of made me have those two really quite clearly defined things in my life. I've had kind of half my life in the middle of the, one of the biggest and most multicultural cities in the world. And yeah. I'd had half my life, nearly half my life, in um, in a in a pretty rural kind of upbringing. Kind well, of. you're in a brilliant position to provide us with that contrast because I think the point you're making very nicely is that you know unless you move to a different position, you never actually get a different perspective. Yeah, um, I think that's really true. So you know what I'd love to talk to you about is if you like what you uh, gained by being in London, what you felt you missed. I'd be not being in Yorkshire. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. what have you gained now that you are back there? Yeah. So, so I I gave it five years. When I moved down, I said I'll move down, but only for five years. And that was kind of what I thought I could handle. You know, being a a bit of a farmer's daughter and enjoying the landscape. Um, I'd, I'd been in Manchester and I'd been in Hull before that. So anyway, I I thought five years is enough, surely. And it really wasn't enough because <laughs> London is absolutely amazing and brings so many incredible kind of opportunities and viewpoints and ways of looking at the world and looking at other people and very, really, obviously really valuable, much more than I can say in, you know, in a few minutes. But, you know, artists usually, unless they get very rich and famous, they pretty much live in quite poor areas, you know, quite, sort of not, not having much money traditionally, and that was definitely the case. So, you know, I did live in Tower Hamlets, which is like a fantastic, wonderful place to just be with people who are not like yourself. So yeah. that all came into my work. That was, um, you know, just a great opportunity anyway. Yeah. Um, you took it with both hands, and I think it's incredibly brave. Uh, in London is a daunting place, but to throw yourself into it in the way you have, I think it's... Yeah. I don't think you have a choice. I don't think it's brave, really. I mean, it, you do kind of what, what you do, I suppose. You know, I, I didn't really have a choice. Couldn't have lived in Mayfair. <laughs> no, no. 
It's not an option. <laughs> and, and, and thank um, God, I think it's probably the least creative area. Um, okay. So, um, and so I did, I did, it was definitely just slightly part of the whole Brit arts, the, you know, the sort of British art scene as it was beginning to flourish in the set yeah. of late 80s, 90s. And um, that was really, really good. But I did always feel slightly on the outside, never quite being able to fully immerse myself in that and and become a true part of it. I don't know whether that slightly holding back stopped me from being represented by, you know, a commercial or a, a contemporary art gallery in London at the time, or or whether my work wasn't good enough, you know, let's face it. It doesn't have to be anything other than you just weren't quite good enough you know that's a possibility but I think really I did have the head on me that just couldn't quite grasp it felt slightly outsidey you know something maybe to do with being from a rural sort of upbringing or maybe something to do with the fact that I felt like it was um somehow unattainable just not quite couldn't quite get there like I say, I was mixing in the, in those circles and going to those galleries, going to those private views. Couldn't quite get to grips with all the networking side of it. Not fully. You know, that whole idea that artists, when you go to private views to promote your work, it's work. It's like that very weird mixture of social and, and, and business. Deadly. Absolutely deadly. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I, I, mean, I don't know, I'm, I've, I've, I've been looking at your... Um, Instagram feed and, and uh, the work is beautiful. So it's incredibly valid. Uh, there's no question about that. So I don't think the, uh, the quality is there. And I know a great many of very, very talented artists who, um, yeah. you know, who were far more meritorious of exhibitions than, than a lot of people who did get exhibitions. And, and yeah. Um, so, uh, but it, it doesn't sound to me like it's dented um, your conviction. If that's yeah. Like. No, not at all. Yeah. Possibly even fed a little bit on that, you know. I think there was a certain, a, a slight deliberate kind of, mm, not, I'm not diving into that. I'm not fully diving into that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, brushed with it. Quite enjoyed brushing with it all. Um, and then uh, due to sort of ha having kids, really, I, ha I had my two kids in London and brought them for the first you know few years and then it was a case of right it's time to go back up north and the, the call of the north was yeah. um, was too strong and and you have to do things before it's too late and there was that idea that got to get out of here before it's too late so we, we moved we managed to move and um never look back really moved to hebden bridge and yeah. um so it's kind of close to where i grew up um, but not the same, so not the same life, you know, very, very different life. Yeah. And what, what did your father uh, make, make of this? Um, well, he never really got to grips at all with me being an artist. Uh, he's not around now, neither is my mum. So um, they always let all of the five kids do exactly what we wanted to do. And we're all pretty much creative in, in large and small ways. And um, they, he never, never really supported it, but never put anything in our way to stop us. So we were independent. We were all independent, flying off, you know. 
and it's it's I'm fascinating. Perplexed. It's yeah, he's just perplexed. Uh, I would think probably deep down he'd be as wondrous as uh, we all are of being contested with opportunities. And yeah, life. with lots of swear words attached. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, good, brilliant, brilliant. He'd tell it as it was. Fantastic. Very honest. Yeah, very honest. Yeah. And I think that it's interesting, isn't it? Because there's a uh, that's one of the themes that's come through this idea of honesty or integrity, you know, kind of salt of the earth, grounded in the earth, you know, yeah. peace ground, are all kind of phrases that have been used, uh, or I've heard being used, describing uh, yes. creativity uh, in the in the area. It's, it's it's interesting, you know. Maybe I don't know what's coming first, if you like the landscape that's informing that view, or the people who are informing that view and then metamorphosizing it into the landscape. yeah. 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 Um, so, how do you feel about um, the work? Because obviously, uh, like so many incredible artists, um, you know, periods of time when you've got um, focus with children, you know, can sometimes be very creative, but also can be very challenging um, yeah. to manage. But um, yeah. did you find it was, this became very um, fruitful or a, or, a, or a transition for you? I, I found that, um, so um, I had to give up my studio because with my first, with Ruby, my first child, because it became impossible to um, have a studio and not feel guilty in some way. So either go to the studio with her, guilty, you know, dirty studio, child crawling around, guilty, um, not going to the studio, paying for studio, guilty. So I gave it up. And really started working at home, and I've worked at home for 18 years um, mm. on the kitchen table, and made probably one of my most important pieces of work, which ended up being in Tate Modern, which is quite extraordinary because I I started the Sally Barker Empire, which is what it was, um, because I wasn't showing my work enough, and I found it difficult to negotiate galleries. So mm. back to that whole not quite fitting in and being an outsider, I decided to create my own empire of mm. galleries where I could show my work in model form so I did that for quite a few years and got somehow bizarrely taken up into swept into a fantastic exhibition at Tate Modern called Century City in yeah. 2002 I think it was mm -hmm. and and so I made that piece of work which was like I say a model scale gallery I mean, it was quite big I had to make it in pieces so it could go out of my flat door, the door of my flat. And um, that was fantastic. So the idea that I gave up my studio and started working at home and had to condense, you know, size-wise, condense my work right down and work on model scale. I just did that for the next quite a long time, 10 years maybe even. Um, so that was, that was a creative, that was solving a problem creatively. And that led my work now, and that led the whole idea. And, and also that the, um, the theme that runs strongly through my work about power and control. So it was like a way of me gaining control back over my work, um, which I had to do by making it portable, you know, so I could clear it off the yeah. kitchen table. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Where the Ruby, need, Ruby was having a sleep for an hour at lunchtime and all of that, did all of that and showed in showed that piece anyway in Tate Modern, which I was very proud of, pretty proud of that. You know, that sort of way that you do have to work around problems. Yeah. 
it's really um yeah it's life affirming to hear that and i and, and yeah um yeah not not without its challenges and, and yeah and then um uh moving on uh through that it sounds like a brilliant thing um sure and i i'm going to make a note to look at back through the you know, yeah. uh to pick up on on that and obviously it's photographs and the work yeah. you're putting together now seems as strident as as ever, uh, I, I'm looking at the Bra Rifle Range, um, which I like very much as a title. Um, yeah, yeah, good, yeah. Sounds fascinating. Yeah, so, yeah, so a few, couple of years ago, I started to work with, not not particularly the Bra Rifle Range now, but it, it, it feeds into the whole big picture of working with, um, well, men's business suits, basically. So I've been deconstructing um, men's business suits um, as a way of taking the iconic business suit, which is a, a symbol of patriarchy, and uh, taking it apart and fraying it and shredding it and drilling into it and sanding it and um, recreating, um, reconstructing um, things from it. So the, the, bra, the bra idea came alongside that as a kind of, Oh, I've got the male. <laughs> I really mm. want to get the female. Okay. Yeah. And bras yeah. were, I started looking into the whole idea of bras being of being the support mechanism, being the the sort of um the object that you kind of need in your life or don't need, and the whole politics around wearing bras and burning bras and mm. bras around and it just became really interesting and that I should use price. So I had a good call out for, um, for people to send me. Initially, before COVID, it was send me your bras. So I got bras in the post and I picked up bras. <laughs> I had bras put in drawers at work, unidentified bras. <laughs> unidentified bras. And, um, oh and also when COVID came around and there was no, that people were scared to post things. It was um, it was uh, send me images of your bras and I could print them out and use carbon paper to to create you know the, to create patterns and oh, that's interesting and that works in that way yeah yeah and also I was casting with them a lot so I've been casting with bras and and men's trouser pockets from from the suits so that the two things are you can imagine I mean I'm holding my I love hand. that. It's sort of the two yeah. things are um, similar, you know, they're, they're empty uh, sort of vessels, really. Yeah. And probably a slightly more positive way of looking at an empty vessel is, is that idea of support and, um, you know, the hidden uh, layer of clothing that we, that we lock, yeah. but not everybody. So, yeah, quite um, it's really fun. I mean, the, the the pockets look sort of faintly menacing in a way. Yeah, uh, they are meant to. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and uh, uh, the uh, the bras look like sort of um, like memories, I suppose, uh, or objects you find kind of you know I wouldn't say washed up on the beach, but just sort of uh, um, discarded. Do, do you get yeah. it? Started thing from that because I did initially ask for unwanted. It was actually about re not reconditioning but reusing the unwanted and the discarded. That yeah. was part and element of it initially. Yeah, they're more archaeological. Uh, yeah, no, definitely interested in that. Mm, mm. And the idea that things could, yeah, exactly, could be hidden under the ground even, 
and in terms of patriarchy that patriarchy is something that's becoming uh, defunct you know yeah. that may one day the idea you know uh, fictionally that you might dig up patriarchy and just what would it look like you know? yeah. no, <laughs> so like so my latest i don't know if you've seen the latest thing on instagram but it's like um it's a wire sculpture covered in the men's suits it's mainly lapels which are beautiful just that whole structure of a lapel is really lovely yeah uh, and it's i've created a kind of a creature and if i've just been doing little gifts so take about 40 images on my phone slightly move it each time when you put it together you've got a kind of stop motion animation um little tiny film little video so um it's the idea that the patriarch is dead or dying or has died and is now reawakening or what is it doing really um so yeah the, the that word you pick you chose the word archaeological that's exactly what i'm thinking yeah. about yeah. historically going back in time where are we with with you know the, the male female relationship and particularly the male and you know where are we going with it yeah how much are we gonna how much are we helping you know or yeah just it's you know it's very interesting to bring his a historical sort of layer on onto it it's fascinating absolutely fascinating and and um uh probably one of the most sort of dynamic spaces of change um so much is is, is changing but how is that um going back to the sort of locale i think the like the antenna, your artistic antenna are very attuned and very alive, and uh, the work is very interesting as a result. But is it um, with a view? I mean, is there a community? How do you feel about the coming back into Yorkshire? How the creative community that's there, um, the, the buying community that's there, or, or do you feel that it's that's not relevant to, to, to where you're going? Really like it to be actually relevant, but I don't. I don't tap into a buying community, uh, you know, um, I never really have done. I would like to, but I think it's back to that, that sort of central um, question that I had many years ago, which is how do I relate to the commercial art system when I was in London? Mm. And, um, that I've never quite squared that, to be perfectly honest. Um, and so I don't have a set buying community. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of linked up with a creative community, but that's other artists and, you know, traditionally other artists are not your, not your financial support network. They're your, you know, they're your creative yeah. ideas wise. So, so yeah. Johnny, yeah, you tell me. <laughs> I, uh, maybe I don't invest enough effort in it, but, um, I do love the way social media has opened a lot of that up um, and that it's not, it's not now just a question of hanging out in galleries on, you know, the first Friday or the Thursday of every month. It's more, we, we can access work and we can share work now with so many more people. It's, I love it. It's great. Yeah. yeah. No, I totally, I totally, I totally agree. And I think you're a really fascinating example of how, good art can happen anywhere um yeah. I would 
suggest that you have to have been in London to kind of get to where you've got to? I don't think you'd be doing now. Hard to say, that. isn't it? Yeah. yeah do you? Uh, do you? I yeah, I do. Funny enough, I feel it's very um, entwined with that um, Brit art series. I feel like there's a kind of this DNA yeah. um, that's in your work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, that's what you built on and become where you are. Now, yeah, I think it would be very different. But equally, I think yeah. there's a, as we were saying, it's the integrity, the honesty, ability to the work, because of where you are now. So equally, yeah. this part wouldn't happen if you weren't back in Yorkshire. So it's really interesting yeah. to see how the landscape and the environment's, you know, um, affecting you you in that in that way. Yeah, um, and it's lovely to be connected. Can I just mention the other, the slightly other? I haven't really focused on the landscape side of my work, which is. Um, which is connected with the sort of power um, fragility bridge. So it's, there's, I've talked quite a lot about the suits and the sort of more political aspect of my work with the textiles, and but I do quite a lot of work with with the landscape, and I've had a few quite a few commissions to make work in the landscape. So something called the Watershed Project, which was a few years ago. Um, and it was about being in the landscape, making a body of work, and then getting a new audience to come and appreciate it or you know use it. So projects like that are really quite important to me. And I think the the sort of umbrella is that idea of looking at control and power. And I think you touched on it in your questions about you know how we how we're messing up. Basically, I'm quite interested in ideas about how we're messing up and not getting things quite right. So, you know, landscape, climate change, flooding, uh, how we use the landscape, how we've destroyed it, things like that. So fragility and strength and, and that, that's kind of way of pulling those. They'd seem like two separate ways of me working, but actually I think they're really connected by sort of um, structures that, that hold the power and, uh, and just tweaking that. Is that that group of pernicious, the ones, is that? Yeah, that, that's uh, part of it, yeah, the Harlow car, yeah. That's going down to Wentworth Castle Gardens and Cannon Hall in Rotherham. Um, I make them ceramics and they're like a piece of clay that I just squeeze really, really tight so it hurts. And um, there's about 60 of those hanging in a tree and they're all glazed to look a little bit like innards, uh, basically, like sloppy. And they're all yours, yeah. They're mine, and the white, uh, they're all made out of uh, squeezed fingerprints in clay, ceramics, really squeezed hard again, but just with the little fingerprints, hundreds of fingerprints on stems, and they're coming out of the ground, and they're glazed in white, so they look kind of ghostly and skeletal and dead. Mm -hmm. So it's about our relationship with the landscape and uh, fragility and messing up. And Fine, I really, really impressed by your work it's fantastic thank you lovely thank you 